Hi everyone, this is Tom Wiley and welcome to the State of Work podcast, where we'll be mashing together the latest news, events and interviews with heavy hitters, all to discuss the ever-changing world of work. If you haven't already, hit that follow or subscribe button on your podcast platform so you'll never miss a beat. And now to this episode. So hello everybody and welcome to uh, the State of Work podcast. I'm thrilled to be joined here today with the wonderful Evie Skinner, uh, who's one of our uh, software engineers here at eDays and all-star rock star at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thanks so much for, for joining us today. We're here today to talk about how we can uh, choose to challenge the state of work uh, within the tech sector as part of International Women's Day 2021. And I mean, the tech sector as a whole is moving great bounds to be more diverse and to include uh, a lot more equality, diversity, and of course, belonging. And um, that said, though, there is still this divide between women's careers, men's careers, etc., because of the pandemic. We've seen the burden that the pandemic has placed on our working people has impacted women's careers uh, so much so. In, in the US, for example, there have been four times more uh, men dropping out of the labour market in a single month of the, of, of the, um, the first pandemic wave uh, than men. And I just wondered, um, what, what are your initial thoughts to that stat? It's, it's crazy, but in a way, it's kind of sad because it doesn't surprise me because I mean, we've seen the relationship between the generations regarding the labour market in the pandemic that young people have been disproportionately affected in terms of redundancies and stuff because they're more likely to be less experienced in their careers so like easier to lay off but it I feel like sometimes the same is true with women because you know there are still these biases that pervade our society however conscious or non-conscious they might be that unfortunately mean that a lot of the time it's not the women are maybe less likely to be able to progress and get to where they want to be in their careers at the same speed as their male counterparts. And also apparently women are more likely to occupy jobs in hospitality and retail. And those are jobs that have been seriously affected by the pandemic. Yeah, and we we know that the tech the tech industry has actually propelled out of the pandemic and is probably the, one of the sectors that are doing really well at the moment. Of course, eDays is is part of that tech sector, and of course, you work for eDays. So, tell me yeah. about uh, tell me about your experience of that. What um, what sort of opportunities have, have kind of arisen for you or for your female counterparts, or your indeed your male counterparts? Yeah, as you mentioned, tech has really just bounced back. I mean, there are there's a wealth of jobs out there we're so lucky that there's this skills shortage in that you know we 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 can take our pick basically so you say um there's a shortage of, of females in the tech industry which there has been for a while um and what do you think schools uh etc colleges universities need to do to support getting young girls um, interested in these STEM subjects, interested in tech, sciences, etc? That's such a, a good question. It's very important to think about education with these things. I think what they can do is 
do kind of think outside the box a little bit. They can get involved with initiatives like Inspiring Girls Hemel Hempstead, which is it's an idea run by a friend of mine, Jenny Thackrae. If you're listening to this, hey Jenny. <laughs> um, she just kind of set it up and it was just an idea to get women who are successful in a, a STEM career into schools to talk to audiences of young girls at secondary schools. So schools can get involved with, with things like that. They are out there. There's also an initiative called WISE that run a, a similar thing nationwide. I think sometimes it is about role models and about trying to bring this, this sort of uh, domain closer to home. Because when I was at school, that software engineer just just wasn't a thing. And it just, any kind of engineering or mathsy kind of subject just seemed a bit far away from me, really. I was good at maths, mind, but I never really thought of myself as having a mathematical mind or STEMI mind. Um, mm. which is a real shame because you can do anything really if you work hard enough. Um, so did you, um, <clears throat> so where, where did your initial career take you? You said you've been uh, in, in software roles for a couple of years. So what were you doing before that? Before that, I was training to be a teacher. I was at Newcastle University doing the PGCE to teach modern languages in secondary schools. So I'm a linguist by education. I got through the first placement, which was about three months, and just got through it by the skin of my teeth. So it was, it was just the most stressful experience in my whole life. Uh, yeah, just crazy. I knew that it was just not a sustainable path for me to go down. I don't know how people do it. <laughs> Hats off to the incredible teachers out there who who just go through hell and back teaching when things are normal. And at the moment, they've got all this on top. Uh, so fair play to them. But yeah, that's what I was doing. And I dropped out of that and taught myself to code, just kind of using a book and some online courses. And then I started applying for jobs because I realised I was really good at it. So what, um, what do you think? So we know that there needs to be a, a, tra a, you know, uh, a seismic change uh, within schools, within, you know, in the, in the home environment to encourage, um, encourage girls to, to get into, into the world of tech because we know that diverse teams win. Yeah. Um, and so what, what can businesses do um, to make sure that they are... Um, appealing if you like to you know the fledgling teachers out there or the people that are perhaps looking for a different career that that feel that this just isn't their world this is just isn't um you know what can what can businesses do to to encourage more diversity businesses can be vocal about the fact that they they want to that they see the value of more diverse teams I think everyone implicitly knows that is right to have diverse teams make sense from a moral perspective and just 
you know, health, having a healthy business perspective, you will have a more dynamic output. You will get more money <laughs> and make a greater difference with your products and services if you have a more diverse, inclusive uh, business. Um, but not everyone, like, makes it explicit and says, we value this because we know this is important because blah, blah, blah. You see what I'm saying? So mm -hmm. I think that they can be more upfront about it and that in turn will attract a more diverse talent pool. So if if, if Ides, you know, um, makes more of a point of recognizing this truth out there on LinkedIn or wherever it might be, on podcasts, um, then people out there thinking, oh, I might apply for a job at Ides, but is that really for me are they going to be really am I going to feel like I belong there then those questions will be answered by 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 the stance of the business which is clearly communicated and businesses can do other things as well like just just engage more with underrepresented groups there are so many initiatives out there that you can like a lot of the hard work has been done for us basically there's this great charity called Code Bar that run free coding workshops for underrepresented people to get involved in tech. Um, you can you can host a Code Bar, get involved in that, and I think I mentioned some other ones earlier. Yeah, absolutely, and it it has to be a you know a company wide goal, doesn't it? To to um, raise the profile of DNI and of course belonging um, as well, and I think it's not a HR problem. It's a it's no a, it's a worldwide problem that we we all we're all in it together, and it's not enough to say that yes, you have a di you know diverse uh, workforce, or yes, you have a you know a DNI policy. Um, it's not enough. You have to be actively looking to sort of yeah. promote this within your organisation and pick the most diverse teams that are going to think think problems through differently think solutions you know, come at solutions completely from different worlds and i think it's yeah it's resp the responsibility of everybody to ensure that businesses can do that effectively but um, i guess a lot of people that listen to our podcast are are within the hr realm and um yeah, I mean, what would be, as a sort of non-HR person, but indeed a tech person, what would be your kind of a, um, advice to them, if you like, of how, how, how can, you know, how did you feel, feel uh, like you had a sense of belonging at E-Days and how can HRs kind of learn from that? I think that individuals can do so much. One proactive person can make a difference if you go out of your way to do something put your energy into it you know i think a lot of people underestimate themselves so on an individual level i think that you can make so much of a difference by going out of your way to just introduce yourself to someone who is different to you in any way they might be black they might be a different gender they might be queer or you know anyone who's different to just kind of expand your circle expand your life and just human to human compassionately just doing that and um but to answer your question properly and the reason why i'm why i mentioned that is that um 
one of the main things that has made me feel like I belong at E Days is just the the vibe of our team is so lovely, so friendly. And there are people who've gone out gone out of their way to get to know me a bit better, which has been just really touching. And I think we we are a group of people who genuinely really care about each other. And we're we're very um I can um definitely say for my team we're very open in how we communicate we're, we're not afraid of giving constructive criticism like it doesn't matter who you are and um yeah it's just it's just kind of the down-to-earth vibe I think uh, in a mm. nutshell friendly vibe that's made me feel like I belong the most yeah did you ever have any worries about joining a, a technology business coming from a kind of non non technical background. Did you ever kind of concerns or anything that held you back? Definitely, my first job, my first software job. Sorry, yeah, because um, I was just kind of plonked into it, and that was a very different environment to uh, HR tech that we work in. It was a financial services company, so um, I was trained to be a software engineer at what's called a coding boot camp, which is like an intensive course over a few months. And at the end of the course, the consultancy who ran the course um, said, we'll get you a job at one of our like partner businesses. And uh, this finance company is one of their, their partners. And they just kind of uh, put me there. I didn't have any interview, nothing. I'd never, been, <laughs> never even heard of the place. <laughs> and um, I'd never worked in finance or anything like that like you know my previous work experience was mainly just teaching and working at McDonald's so <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't, that was a completely different environment for me so I thought oh my god that's never a job that I would have applied for myself because uh, I would have assumed a they'll be sexist because it's finance <laughs> and B, I don't know the technologies they use there because it's a completely different tech stack to what I'd been taught. So I would have thought, I can't do that. This, this, I'll never get it or it's too much of a challenge. But yeah, I just went there, just kind of, kind of taught myself a little bit of the technologies that they use to prepare before I got there. And it was one of the best jobs ever. Just really friendly people. And I was never interested in finance particularly before I got that job. And it just opened me up to a whole world. So, uh, so yeah, you do have your kind of worries before going to a radically new environment, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I think there's two things that strike me from that. One was your preconception of perhaps some some unfounded assumptions, perhaps yeah. about the industry, um, which you know perhaps you've been indoctrinated to, to sort of uh, feel that way towards the finance industry, perhaps. But um, the second was around your own self doubt, like oh, I've not been taught that, therefore I can't do it. Even though we know from your experience that you're self taught, you, you know you've picked up a book and learned how to do something. So. Mm. I think that boils down, like, I mean, that is such a, a, a sort of um, a quality, if you like, of, um, well, of a lot of people and certainly a lot of female people. Um, do you think that is something that, you know, on a subconscious level you have picked up throughout your entire life? Is it something that you feel um, 
is perhaps more of a female trait. What what do you think to to that sort of? Um, I guess it's imposter syndrome, isn't it? Oh, I hate that term. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like a syndrome. It's like it's bad, but actually, it's, uh, it's what makes us sharp. What makes us, you know, propels us to be better. <laughs> Um, I I do think that so I'm a very confident lady that's how just how I've been raised and I um, because my um, I grew up in a very matriarchal household um, so it takes a lot for me to feel some kind of intimidation like that you see um, but I do think, on the other hand, that so many women succumb to self-doubt. I don't think, maybe they don't feel self-doubt more than men, as I think we all do, maybe equally. But I think women let it get to them a bit more than men do. And that is a symptom of the patriarchy at the end of the day. So I think that at times we don't really help each other because women who show confidence and assertiveness are labelled often by other women as bitches. <laughs> I don't, can I say that? Is that all right to say that? <laughs> but um, but they, they are labelled negatively for a trait that is absolutely positive and that we should be encouraging. Um, and confidence in women always gets misinterpreted as something that it's not. Yeah, know? absolutely. Uh, you, you see it in the in the playground. You know, young girls labelled yeah. as bossy, whereas yeah, young boys perhaps labelled as boisterous. And yeah. you know, bo bossy therefore has this kind of negative connotation that uh, it can't be assertive without being kind. And I yeah. think it kind of stems from this language and this behaviour. And I think the world has moved on, but not far enough. And we are still around 80 years away from true Lord. gender parity. And I think that is scary. And I know that schools are changing things. And I know that, um, that anxiety is on the rise. And so therefore, are we catching up? You know, what can businesses do because it's, this is a lifelong thing that is is always going to be a problem unless we stand up to to challenge and and to choose to challenge as the strapline of this year's International Women's Day is um, that we need to not only it's not enough to say that you know we're all for equality it's it's not enough it has to you know, go more than that, and it has to be everybody's responsibility and each for equal. You know, so um, any sort of any parting words on that? Any thoughts from from your side? Yeah, absolutely. It's everyone's problem. You can't just think, "Oh, I'm a bloke. This is irrelevant to me." <laughs> it's relevant to everyone because the systems of power and privilege that that we inhabit affect all people in different ways you know just as much as they affect uh, a woman's ability to say something positive about herself like i look really beautiful for example they also affect a man's ability to to cry in front of other men um so it, it affects everyone and i could go on about that but we'll 
we haven't got much time, but um, I just think that, yeah, the more we lift each other up, the stronger we'll all be in the, in the long run. Great, thank you. That's been really interesting. So we've seen seen and heard what tech businesses can do to try and encourage um, you know, school leavers or perhaps uh, people that are very new in their careers to actually to take a career in tech to really you know, help help the diversity and inclusion um, and belonging agenda. And we've also heard a little bit from from you in your own sort of experience and how you know how you felt in you know, moving into the world of work, um, and of course how HR can help uh, help people to. Um, feel more uh, belonging and that really does by the sounds of it uh, from your stories there was around the actual people within your team and how you can kind of inspire and develop them um, oh it's been so lovely to speak to you we hope you enjoyed this amazing episode of state of work thanks for being with us and we hope to see you next time if you have any questions or feedback for us, feel free to head over to e-days.com and get in touch. Alternatively, you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Bye for now.